Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Messiah Show. And I am thrilled to have my friend Dante Carter with me today. Welcome to the show, Dante. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Uh, Dante is one of my favorite people and he's very active these days and we were uh, lucky enough for him to take over the mic on our Instagram and uh, inform our audience about what is going on and all the movement in Georgia. But before we get to that, I would like to talk about, about your background a little bit, Dante. I know you have uh, uh, lots of experience in public relation and you have been recognized globally and it's an honor to have you on the show. Could you please uh, teach us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, it is, uh, it's so funny, but um, I was in college when I started working in, in television news. I was at the uh, end of my sophomore career, uh, sophomore year there, and um, got an opportunity to go work at uh, one of the local uh, television stations in Tallahassee, Florida, WCTV, and I started off as a video editor, and uh, I was, uh, you know, quickly promoted to producer, and uh you know, from there I became an anchor reporter, did that for, for about 10 years. And uh, then I got a great opportunity to go over to the Fulton County DA's office and lead up their PR department, which, you know, the DA's office is the largest district attorney's office in the state of Georgia. And um, I was the youngest guy in its history to ever lead up that department. So it was, um, it was definitely a, a huge task, um, but I learned a lot. And, uh, you know, as, as I was there, I, I, I got the itch to step out on my own and, um, and I've been able to get out and make an impact. That's incredible. Well, I admire how quickly you progressed and it seemed like you were so uh, hungry and thirsty <laughs> for the opportunity to take over and actually make, it, make your mark because I've been following you and I see how passionate you are. It's oh, beyond doing your job. It's, it's, it's a passion. And yeah. I can see that burning passion and you get your family involved. I saw your beautiful daughter uh, yeah. also. How did you turn into uh, your work, the PR and what you were doing into merging it with your passion for social justice? You know, I... Um... It's, it's so funny. I didn't, I didn't go out looking for this social justice calling. Uh, I just wanted to give a voice. I just wanted to, um, to be a part of just doing what's right. You know, when I, um, I, I understand what social justice is, um, but to me, it's just about doing the right thing. You know, it's just about making sure that the right things are done. And that came from um, when I was in the DA's office and there were there were four, uh, four teenage boys charged with murder, four black teenage boys. And um, the victim's mother took the stand and she said, my son came to me in a dream and said that you have the wrong man on trial. Those, those aren't the people. And um, I remember listening to the attorneys as they were trying to figure out what was going on. And I remember um, the DA asking, well, how much investigating did you do outside of what the police brought in? And as that continued to unfold, I remember they, they, they went back and tracked the movements of, the, of those boys using their cell phones, and they weren't in the area when this occurred. And heart broke. And um, it was tough because all I could think about is, you know, these, these boys were in between ages of 14 and 16. 
And had they gone down for murder, I mean, they would have they would have spent more time incarcerated than they had spent, you know, in this world as free men. And we all know what that can do to an individual who's incarcerated at such a young age. And it was kind of at that moment that, you know, I, I felt that calling, you know what, I, there needs to be somebody out on this other side who can help to tell these stories and tell these stories in a way that that drives change. And that that's always been my goal is telling these stories in a way that can drive change. And even, you know, when it came to, came to me and my PR team leading up this, uh, uh, leading up the case with involving R. Kelly. I mean, that's what it came down to. You know, there were so many people that, that had so many things to say about what the women did. And my point was, is what's right and what's wrong? What he did was wrong. And it's seen as wrong under the laws of our land. And we got to start holding individuals accountable. We can't keep coming into the forefront of what about this and what about that? What about the facts? The facts are he was wrong. And, and that's, that's, that's where I want to drive, um, use my platform to drive to is getting to the facts and, and getting to not just the facts, but accountability, transparency, and ultimately justice. Thing that I see, I'm here with my little girl. She's two years old. You know, these are the things that as a father that I care about. You know, before I'm a business owner, before I'm anything, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a husband. And I, I just, I want my daughter to know that, that she can grow up and that her life is going to be valued just like everybody else that we grow up with. Thank you so much for sharing that. Uh, about the case that you said, the four young boys, but that's what was a kind of enlightened your, ignited your uh, fire to pursue this even more deeply. What do you think went wrong? Just for my curiosity, why do you think the DA, they did not investigate beyond the police report? Well, you, you know, I just think there's sometimes, and, you know, I, um, there are a lot of there are a lot of great prosecutors, a lot of great attorneys out there. But I also think at the same time, there are a lot of times when they can get a case, and on the surface it can look as though oh this is an open and shut case until you until you start to peel back the layers. And that's that's what we've done, and that's what has made me so effective. Is it's I'm reading the police report not just for what's in it, but what's not in it. You know what I'm saying? What are the things that are missing? that will bring this case into context. And I think, I think when you don't look at, look at these cases through the lens of context, that's when you start to see these cases of people being mistakenly identified, people being falsely arrested. And that's what I've seen. It was, I think it was, ultimately, it was just a lack of context in looking at their case. Beautiful. You also uh, brought to our attention, I mean, I knew a little bit about that. I was hoping that you talk about it, the R. Kelly case. If you feel comfortable to elaborate on that a little more, so people who have, uh, that sometimes you get so much, so many information from different direction that you just lose your, you know, what, what is really going on. So, what is your uh, point of view on that? You know, um, it's so funny um, when it, when the case first uh, came across my my desk. I remember sitting down and, and talking to my wife and I was asking her the question of, um, you know, wow, I don't even know how much to charge for this. It just seems so enormous. I don't know where we go from here. And I just remembered her sitting in silence. And I, I was like, babe, are you all right? Are you okay? And she kind of looked back at me. She said, you know, at some point we need our husbands, we need our brothers, we need our, our fathers, we need the men in our life to, to, acknowledge that there's a problem. And she went on to say that, you know, your daughter is gonna grow up in this world. 
And it was at that moment where I felt like I, I had kind of gone through this warped outer body <laughs> deal. And I was mm. having deep introspective. And, and what I found what helped me with that case is that I had to take a level of ownership. There were people who looked like me that were my same gender that had taken full advantage of their, of their privilege. And until I owned that, I couldn't change my circle and I couldn't change the world. And so when I saw that case, what I saw is a man that took advantage of his privilege, who saw vulnerable women and he took full advantage of them. And, you know, um, that's, the, that's the saddest part about this all is because, um, and it's a lot about what this movement with Black America is happening, right? It's all about how this country's taking advantage of vulnerable people. And until there are good people who stand up and say, okay, this needs to stop. And that's, that's what I mean by, we get so, so many people get so caught up in the wording. Oh, social justice, social justice. No, let's do what's right. Let's stop politicizing this and let's just do what's right. And yeah. for me, that's what it was about with those, with those, those young women. You know, I could, I could care less about what anybody had to say. It was about what's doing. It's about doing what's right. And it's about ensuring that they were um, made whole. And I mean, they, they went through a, a very damaging ordeal. And we all know that in, in the music industry, that there's a culture there where this has been about to, to just go. And we're seeing that with so many documentaries that are coming out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. At some point, we, we, need, we need people of good faith, good conscience, and good courage to step up and say, you know what, this has to stop. You know, just because it's a doesn't mean I, I love a couple of things that you said that really resonate with me. One is that you said, I took ownership. So mm -hmm. once you took ownership and didn't see it something separate from you, your perspective changed on how to handle it. And it goes about everything else in our life. When we don't see it a problem detached from us, okay, it's happening over there. Oh, that's so bad. Oh, that's crazy. Or whatever, how people just talk about it as if they're talking about the weather versus yeah. you saying, no, I'm part of this and take ownership of it in a way and just your whole perspective changes. And I just love how you talked about that because that has been something that I've been working on. And uh, thank you for that. Also, uh, you mentioned using your platform. That's so important. Like these days that we have, we all have some sort of a platform, especially with social media. If, if you're in this line of business and using our platform and not abusing our platform or not taking advantage of other people, just you have it. How do you want to use it? So thank you for touching up on those couple of uh, important points. Um, I know our time is short and I would love to bring you back to talk more. Um, I, I very much enjoy your, the knowledge that you are um, um, you're teaching us, you know, because you're seeing firsthand and the reason that we did the past a mic, because for me to talk about it, I don't have that knowledge. My knowledge is coming from news or from a third party, you know, it's not firsthand, but you are out there, you are in the rallies, uh, you know, you took over our social media and I could actually see it closely as if mm -hmm. I was there and your opinion is valuable to me and i would love to for you to talk and uh, touch up on the juneteenth rally if you could uh, talk about that and we can perhaps show some of the footage that you provided for us 
Yeah. You know, first of all, um, you know, I, I want to thank you for, for including me in, in the past of Mike. I think what people felt, um, they don't always see is they think, well, you know, I'm this far removed and that far removed, but we all have something to give. And what you gave is compassion and empathy and said, you know what? I want to open up my platform so that we can share this message. And so I just want you to know that I'm, I'm just so grateful and appreciative um, for that compassion that you showed. Um, you know, Juneteenth is, is, is special. And, um, and it's, it's so funny that we're talking about this right before uh, the 4th of July, because there's always, it's always been a very contentious holiday, the 4th of July, because uh, Black Americans were still enslaved. You know, we were still picking cotton. Um, and it's, it's difficult for me to even imagine that because my wife's ancestor fought in the American Revolution. You know, he was on the front lines with so many of these men and women from the 13 colonies fighting for uh, liberation from Great, Great Britain. Yet when the, the war was over, those liberties were denied to him. And so this has been, this has been an awful deal. Um, African-Americans have fought in so many different wars. My grandfather, his brother, they fought in World War I. Um, and then, you know, my grandfather's uh, brother, he, did, he chose not to come back to America. He chose to stay, um, to stay overseas. And I'm sorry, it was World War II, but he, he chose to stay overseas and, um, in, a, in a war-torn Germany and hmm. help build because he said they treated him more like a man in Germany than they did here in America. And so hmm. when we see folks like Colin Kaepernick take a knee on, a, on, you know, the, uh, on such a big platform, it means something to us because we know what our ancestors gave up. And so when we talk about Juneteenth, we're talking about the day where the last of the slaves realized that they were free. And, um, and that's, it. that's important because it's not, it's not that we're not that far removed, you know, um, my grandfather's mother <laughs> was a slave. And so, I mean, when you start to really, um, well, I'm sorry, his grandmother was a slave. And so when you really start to connect these dots, you, you see that you're not that far away from these things. Mm -hmm. and, um, and so we think about Juneteenth. It's, it's a day where, you know what, this was the first time we were able to make a choice about how we wanted to live our lives, about where we wanted to live, and, and about how we could raise our children. Um, and I, you know, it's it's a it's it's still a, a, a it's still it's still on, it's still ongoing battle, you know. But that that was the first that was the first moment um, where those physical chains were released. Of course, there's a lot of mental chains and a, and a lot of legal chains that we're working through now. But in terms of that physical bondage, um, where we could step away and and, and begin to to build our lives. And, and in that freedom, we've done so many great things. Um, you, you look at Black Wall Street in Tulsa, Oklahoma, um, there were black millionaires there. Um, they had huge black banks. And unfortunately, you know, it was racism that burned that city down. Mm -hmm. um, but the same deal happened in Rosewood, Florida, and uh, where they had these very prosperous and wealthy black communities. And again, racism was the reason why it fell. And so, you know, this is that ongoing fight that, that we're continuing to pursue. And, um, and you know, it's, it's all about ensuring that, it, for me, I want to make sure that I leave this world off much better than what I inherited from my daughter. I want her to know that, you know what, 
you know, despite my color, despite my gender, you know, I can come out and I can compete and I can, I can build my own legacy. And, um, and that's, that's one of the things that gets me so excited. It gets me pumped that, that, you know, invigorates me when I wake up in the mornings because that's a difference that I can make in my daughter's life. And she's going to be able to make that for the next generation. And so when we talk about what Juneteenth means, it, it means that freedom of choice. Mm-hmm. I choose to make this world better. Um, despite everything that's happened, I can choose to make a difference. Absolutely. It's all down. It comes down to the choice, the choice. We all have a choice. And one more thing that um, I'm, I'm inspired by your uh, dialogue to mention, there's a difference between having a goal and having a purpose. Yeah. There's a deeper meaning to have a purpose and you have a goal. Maybe you have a goal to save my money to buy a purse. You know, that's your goal. Fantastic. But purpose, it has some sort of an intention in it. And I, just living with a purpose, it's um, something that I think we all can incorporate. And it just, um, to serve ourselves, to serve our world, to impact and leave our mark and just simply uh, say, we were here. We did something. So thank you so much for so beautifully sharing that with us. I really appreciate it. Um, I look forward to show the footage that you have uh, gathered for us from Juneteenth. And uh, I hope that you will accept our invitation again to come on the show because it was not enough for me. Uh, thank you again, again, everyone. Uh, we have Dante Carter here with us, and we hope to have him back on the show very soon. Uh, send you all love and uh, have a nice rest of the day. Thank you. Yes.